Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the Hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday night super squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And coming up on the show today, we'll be talking about the lure of a younger partner, why we should all be working out like Barbie and what to do when you feel like a fraud. But first, as ever, we're looking at the news stories that have piqued our interest. So Emma, what are you talking about this week? Well, one of the big stories for me this week was about the civil partnership being blocked. Uh, there was a big court case. I can't remember the couple that went to court, though, um, who basically were have been fighting there's been a lot of people fighting actually some contacts of, of mine went and got married in the Isle of Man where civil partnerships are legal there for heterosexual couples so this is a heterosexual couple that have been in court trying to get civil partnership legal if you are a straight man and straight woman and you want to not get married in a church in the official way if you want a civil partnership yeah so civil partnerships were created for um, same-sex marriages uh, and this is about you know there's lots of heterosexual couples that are actually I don't really like the kind of institute of marriage I don't like some of the things you have to say I want an alternative way of getting married and the civil partnership really really fits for them but yet as a heterosexual couple you can't in the UK you can't get married but wouldn't you just get married now is that would you not just go and get married maybe not in a, not in a church but you could a town hall or I think you can get a nice country house no I've, I've spoken about this um, for a while with friends and I have this thing where I say I, you know, I would like to have a public proclamation of, of my love and our, our union are you going to get somebody out with a bell in the streets <laughs> ringing it then she's finally found someone she's finally found someone that made my dad happy seeing as he thinks I'm over the hill um, I, I, I would like I like the celebration but I have an issue with the construct of marriage for me personally. Um, I don't like the the element of my, my father walking me down the aisle. I feel like I would want to walk to my partner. He should be walking to me as well. There's just lots about the ceremony that I want to change. And me- yes, maybe I could be, be married as per the... the 
sort of the system that allows now. But I, I think why not? Why not allow civil partnerships all round if you want the security of knowing that um, you're legally supported for someone that you determine you want to be in a relationship with for a long time? Does the whole thing just need a bit of an upgrade? Is marriage just a bit of a dead end institution, Ems? I think there's too much negative hangover. I mean, you know, rape within marriage was only considered a crime in 1991. Wow. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of negative hangovers with marriage. There's a lot around ownership of women, you know, and I think it's great. Like my sister broke the rules at her wedding. She did a speech. You know, a lot of people do kind of bend the rules and, you know, but there's still this, sort of, I don't know, negative overhang that... I doesn't sit with me. But, but this is the thing that frustrates me. If a woman talks at her own wedding, it's like, <gasps> she spoke, she broke, she, no, she didn't go with tradition. What do you mean? Yeah. She, she got to speak. Or, or when, I, when my friends don't say anything. I, I, one of my friends got married uh, two Christmases ago and I was sitting there thinking, is she going to speak? If she doesn't speak, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how I feel about this whole thing of the guy talking and all of the best mates chiming in. And then in the end, I tried to get the table of girls to sort of stand up and do what his best men were doing and, you know, sort of give her a proper send off. And all the women were like, she will not thank you for it. And I was trying to have a, a feminist stand at the table. But you know what I worry about? Because I like, I am a professional speaker in my life. I go out and people pay me to speak. And I just would be really worried about showing up my husband. My poor guy, he's probably really <laughs> nervous about it. And he's, I'm just going to wipe Embarrassing the floor with him. Yes. <laughs> I Mates, mean, you would not speak at your wedding? I mean, I probably would, but I'd like, give him fair warning first. <laughs> okay, fine. Like, you know, sorry, mate. This is just how our marriage is going to go from here on in. <laughs> fine. <laughs> so the other thing that we're talking about this week and that's really caught my eye is actually not just the start of marriage, but the dissolution of marriage. Because there seems to be a bit of a spate of older let's say older men leaving their wives this week for younger women um in fact it seems to be particularly catching if your name is jeremy because both jeremy paxson and jeremy clarkson have been seen to quote the daily mail cavorting with (laughs) younger women (laughs) sorry sorry leggy blondes oh leggy blondes i'm sure you'll find yes leggy blondes (laughs) like where are the stumpy brunettes i don't know (laughs) Um, but they've been cavorting i can't stop saying the word now cavorting with these women um and it's produced a lot of articles around the line of why do men leave their women as they, leave their wives as they get into older age but I actually think we should be talking about where are the younger men who want to go out with older women like, oh. specifically do tweet me if you know because I want to know the answer <laughs> to that Emma you, lo- you love a toy boy you love uh, a toy you know boy what? I've def- I have had a toy boy stage definitely and uh, you know I think there's a time in your life for all of that I, there's a lot around like oestrogen and testosterone so as women get older our oestrogen levels lower which means that we our sex drives change basically what we want from relationships really change and that also happens for men so men their testosterone lowers so it means that their sex drive reduces and I think that's a real challenge for men as they get older that that, that changes and that sort of leads to lots of these sort of midlife crisis like Porsche buying and leggy blondes and stumpy brunettes um so I think that actually we get we're living longer now you know you can be very healthy in your 50s and 60s and you might have very different needs so should we actually be taking the stigma away if what we're saying is kind of on a chemical level women in their kind of 
mid-30s onwards are more chemically aligned with younger men and men from their kind of mid-30s onwards are more chemically aligned with younger women. Should we be getting rid of this weird stigma where it's always commented upon? Now, what do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm all I'm here for the relationships with these little hotties. So I'm full in full <laughs> celebration of Mariah Carey and Brian Tanaka. Loved their whole relationship play out on on uh, her show. Uh, J Lo and her toy boys, Casper. Yeah, I, I fully endorse Madonna and her younger toy boys. And there was an article in the Stylist where they were talking about all of these older women that are cavorting with their 20 and 30 something uh, hotties but I'm like you know check out the torso would I rather an older guy <laughs> with a bit of bit of rounding on the side or would I go Aww. for the torso I, I love a dad I've bod always, no, I've I always think... said I'm all, all about the torso so <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying it yeah I'd, well you know where I'm at it's like a guy for every decade <laughs> I mean, why would you not but Emma, how young can you go? Because also, Brooklyn Beckham seen flirting with Ashley Roberts, former Pussycat member. Brooklyn is 17. <laughs> Ashley is 35. He's punching. <laughs> he is punching, but I admire his guts. Yeah, he, he's well, that's well punching. Um, 17 is, is jail bait. But, you know, mind you, I, we had to check. I was talking about Stormzy earlier and just saying that he's my type. Uh, I saw the flash of the gold tooth and like the six foot something hotness. Uh, and yeah, I had to check the gel bait. So I think for me, it's th- 33, 24, if that's his age. That's yeah. gel bait. Yeah, you it's could. Yeah, well, mm. what's been the biggest age difference you've ever had with anyone you've been out with? Oh, uh, I once dated a guy and I thought he was 27, 28 and he was 22, but it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> too late for what, Emma? <laughs> to check his passport. <laughs> <laughs> she checked something else there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies, let's rein it in before we all go to jail. Matt, <laughs> speaking of jail, tell us what you're talking about this week. So, I went to a, an event last night at City Hall, and the mayor stood up and spoke. Uh, it was at, the the event was called Same but Different, celebrating different images of, of women in society and doing different roles. Uh, and it was put on by business in the community. Brilliant event. The mayor stood up and said. Uh, I just want to say that I am a feminist and I would like to celebrate the appointment of Cradessa Dick, who has been appointed as the first female police commissioner. Um, And this is the first female police commissioner in over 180 years. And then he referenced the appointment of Danny Cotton, Danielle Cotton, who is the interim commissioner of the London Fire Brigade. And again, this is the first female commissioner in 150 years. And it, it made me think, are, are we moving forward? Is the, is the equality and power drive suddenly happening? Are we in a new era for women? And um, then I thought, no. No. <laughs> why, why did why, you think yeah, no? Why, why no? was there no optimism there now? Well, because, you know, it's, it's great that these appointments have happened. But if you think about how it's been played out in the media and people pointing to what Credessa has or hasn't done, men are just not treated that way. Um, I was also just thinking about all of the other roles that we don't even think about that are still held by men and have been held by men for hundreds of years. So if we get at least 50 percent of those with females in in top roles, then I'll say yes. Okay, well, we can try and aim for that in our next section because we have two brilliant women who are doing it for themselves. Coming up, we will be talking to Pip Black and Joan Murphy, the founders of Frame, a female-focused gym, which has amazing things like the Beyonce bar workout and um, I think the Barbie workout as well. I'm 
if you haven't done it it's amazing go do them they're brilliant and we'll also be talking about um how we get more women in power what this means for mothers and we'll be bringing you other fabulous things like our backdated badass and our badass balls up so stay with us for that across the uk online and on dab <laughs> badass women's hour with harriet mincer natalie campbell and emma sexton on talk radio she'll get you talking Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And if you want to talk along with us, if you've got something to say, do tweet us, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook using the hashtag B-A-W-H. And we're joined for this section by the brilliant Pip Black and Joan Murphy, founders of Frame. Joan, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. And Pip, welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for coming in this morning. So for anyone who has not been to one of your amazing classes or doesn't know, tell us, what is Frame? Um, Frame is a fitness concept. So we started out in 2008 in Shoreditch, uh, which is a lie. It's 2009, sorry. <laughs> um, and we offer um, pay-as-you-go classes across all different types of genres. So depending on what mood you're in, how you're feeling, there's something for you. So whether it's fitness, Pilates, yoga, anything like that. The other thing is that we really strongly believe that getting fit shouldn't be a chore. So it's all about having fun and feeling great rather than trying to lose weight all the time. Because you do have some amazing classes. You have what Beyonce Bar and the Barbie Workout. Joan, how did those come about? So like Pip said, it's about getting fit shouldn't be a chore. So we try and inject as much fun as we can and sort of just detract people from things. So basically it's just good old brainstorms and things that we'd want to do we are the target market so bend it like barbie the one you mean has yeah. been on since day one um so it started as partner stretching which people Marcus. found a little bit weird so i had to get a single, single, single <laughs> stretching <laughs> i say i am i am a, a fan so i started off in the shoreditch gym and then moved to the queen's park one back in the day of frame um, frame camp in the 32nd class and i remember i nearly died on a treadmill um, one time well more than one time saying it wasn't uh, fun <laughs> it, was, it was the best thing I ever did and it was one of the things that got me into fitness and into connecting my own mental resilience with fitness and pushing through barriers um, for anyone that hasn't been into the gym the, the treadmills sort of face the mirror and I remember the instructor saying visualise your meeting the one that you're going to smash and I was running literally like <laughs> thinking right this is it I'm closing the deal looking at myself in the eyes trying not to think about death um, <laughs> and it was a brilliant experience so I just want to thank you for that Yay! <laughs> so does nobody fall off a treadmill when this is happening because that feels like high risk scenario to me no it's fabulous it's fabulous okay. it's small intimate classes the instructors really give you time love and attention I think also you're in the zone so yeah. at that stage you're so connected it's the whole thing is you know you want to actually be in the moment of what you're doing and mm. I think the nice thing about what you're doing there is actually you can't particularly think about anything else which is the really nice thing about going to a class is you've got to pay attention to what's going on so it's kind of a way of taking people away a bit of escapism you don't want to be going left when everyone else is going right <laughs> I have actually done that I did I took have. out a dance class once um, so neither of you worked in the fitness industry before how did frame come to be uh, so both Joan and I worked in advertising and Joan actually is a radio stalwart. She comes from radio, so this is just old hand. Um, but um, we met through friends. Um, I used to live with loads of Aussies and Kiwis and Joan was one of their friends and 
basically uh, met down in Cornwall on a holiday and within like, well, first she stood up and knocked the TV off the stand because she was so hammered. Um, <laughs> Couple of gin and tonic. I love that girl. Um, and then um, sort of like really quickly worked out that we had loads in common, had both played sort of high level sports throughout our sort of lives up to that point. But then we're working at advertising, partying way too hard and we're just feeling a little bit sort of hungover constantly and sort of wanted to find something for us to do. But it wasn't out there. So kind of being our personalities thought, well, there's a massive gap in the market here. Let's create something ourselves that fits what we need and what obviously lots of other women out there are looking for. So you've had your business about eight years now. I'm always interested in like the the journey in terms of like what you've learned and you know, eight years is a long time to have a business. Like what what've been like your biggest learnings in those eight years? A lot. Because we had <laughs> absolutely no idea what we were doing. Um we uh our sort of saying is making it up as we go along and I think that's the biggest thing is that actually most people in business are making it up Mm. and actually um, you get to that point where you're like uh, you know who can I ask to help me on this and actually find there's Mm. no one because no one's been doing maybe what you've been doing so I think the thing is having confidence to be able to put ourselves forward and I think um, you know that whole that whole notion of you know everyone else knows more than you do um, that's the beauty of having the two of us together is we've been able to like bounce off each other Um, I think main things are is asking for help and getting advice you know people really do like it if you do ask for help Um, so either a not being scared or being humble enough to go and say I don't know what I'm doing Um, and giving things a shot because I think sometimes you have these ideas and then you think oh maybe I shouldn't but actually you know there's loads of things we've tried that haven't worked but if you do it within a safe parameter you know you know your risks then actually why not give it a try and it seems like the business is really evolving as the two of you are evolving in terms of like your motherhood. I know you've introduced a new platform called Mumhood. Yeah, so we launched online Mumhood on, on this Monday. So we've been running pre and postnatal classes at Frame um, for quite a long time now, well, since we launched. Um, but f- being mums ourselves and having gone through that process and realising that what's out there for for the majority of women that don't have the same resource that we have it's actually a really really difficult time in your life and those it's quite contradictory the information or always errs on the side of caution for people that have a zero base level of fitness and actually now fitness is becoming such an important thing for lots of women um, throughout their 20s early 30s and those people are growing and they've grown with frame and now they're coming in and wanting to know what they can and can't do when they're pregnant and then postnatally how they can sort of rebuild and put their bodies back together. So what we've done is create our sort of mumhood online programs that fit at different stages, whether it's pregnant or postnatally and rehab or when you're just a mum and you've got no time and you can't get to class um, so that we can take our classes to those people online. I think one of the big things is, um, like you said, like we've been doing Frame for eight years and we've always run pre and postnatal yoga and Pilates, but we're teachers ourselves. And as soon as I got pregnant, I was went to these pre and postnatal prenatal classes and I was like, these are really easy. These are not what I want to be doing. And I knew that people in New Zealand and Australia, my friends had all been still working out properly. And I was like, well, where is the disconnect here? So that's actually where it sort of started with the research being like, what can I actually do? And then it moved into being able to, well, actually, I can actually do the regular class at Frame. I just need to modify. So putting on modification workshops and educating people about what you can do. And it's not actually about hurting your body. There's a lot of things that happen to you about hurting your baby. There's a lot of things that happen in your body and you want to don't do it so that actually you can recover quickly afterwards. So it kind of came through that process of learning what you can and can't and then educating 
So one of the things that I really, um, I remember interviewing you guys ages ago and you talked about how when you'd started, you had a kettlebells class and people were like lifting five kilogram kettlebells and now they're on 20 kilograms. And there is a real, <laughs> that being one of yeah. them. Hey, yeah. 20. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good girl. 24. <laughs> just don't cross that so th- but there is a real link between i think being physically strong and being mentally strong and those kind of strong women role models that we were talking about in the last section so we talked about cresta dick and um the new kind of interim head of the fire service these really strong tough women in traditionally masculine roles how do you think exercise fits in with that what's how does it make us feel mentally stronger as well it really depends on um, on what you need from exercise. So some people really need escapism and some people need strength and some people like need to see progression so they feel like they're getting further on. I think um, the way people use ex- exercise is feeling, if they're using it for how they feel and making them confident, then they do actually feel like they can take on a lot more challenges. However, some people can go too far, which is something that we're seeing a lot more now with the rise of social media and it becomes a negative. So when you're saying like, how does it work in terms of like, confidence you know it's finding that right balance and finding the right exercise for you so you do find a lot of people you know maybe in high power high stress might choose high power high stress classes which is not great for your cortisol and your adrenaline so understanding what exercise is right for you you know like your example of the frame camp class you know that was right for you at the time because it got you in the zone and it zoned you out and it gave you focus you know but at another time if you were totally stressed out that wouldn't be the right thing for you you need to be looking to something that's maybe a little bit more low impact or it's got more of a breathing focus so and do you think um your classes are kind of very female focused and they are it's very it's a very like female friendly environment you know you go in the towels are lovely it's beautifully interior designed it's really nice um is there a kind of are we now hitting like an equality in sport and fitness with men and women or is it still male dominated pip what do you think i think it's difficult to say. Like for for frame, we've actually seen a massive rise in in male participants, um, with lots of guys coming to classes, especially yoga and Pilates. Are they and bending like Barbie? They're trying. <laughs> they're My so- husband's breaking like <laughs> breaking like Ken. <laughs> um, but they. Um, so I think men are starting to feel more comfortable with the idea of being in a class because I think we forget that actually females probably are a bit more confident to go into a class environment and sort of maybe make mistakes or do things in front of other other women or, or sort of anyone whereas for a guy to come into a class it's maybe more women and to not be the best person that's mm. actually quite a big like dent to their ego so but they seem to be kind of coming through that and we're seeing more and more men get involved in those classes and likewise more and more women are happy now to lift heavier weights which is something that we've really tried hard to like educate to the benefits of why you would do that but you still even to this day I was on the reception on Tuesday doing a work experience and they uh, someone came in and was like I, d- I don't know if I want to do that class I don't want to get bulky and having to educate that that's not going to happen either um I think it's really interesting because um, there's like exercise in this sport and we're really keen to get people moving and it doesn't really matter how you do that. You choose something that works for you. So we had a really great conversation with the This Girl Can campaign and they were saying like there's a lot to do with sport but a lot of women can't do sport because you might just not have any coordination but that person might love to do like a fun dance class or something. So project down the line if we can go and sort that out. Matt, final question. I'm intrigued to find out more about your working relationship because you stopped, you launched a business and now you're launching, essentially, Mumhood, it's a new launch, it's a new, it's a new platform, a new experience, you're taking it online. How do you guys go through the process of coming up with ideas, determining when to launch, what the brand's going to look like? You know, how, how does it work? 
depends it depends on what kind of project so something like mumhood we obviously had to plan out quite far in advance and the good thing is actually we'd done all the research previously via ourselves and by people coming to frame so when we decided we actually wanted to do this um I was uh, pregnant again and we've both got kids. And so this one had to be a bit more of a slow burn for us because normally we're like gung-ho. Um, so we actually had to plan this one out a little bit slower. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think the working relationship, I think making it work over the eight years is really about um, we've always had the same work ethic. Mm. Um, so even though I was off in New Zealand for two months... That was here doing the website. You know, last summer when I was pregnant, I was at the studio every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. trying to do the programming. And, you know, so we've always had a really good balance in terms of our work ethic and what we put into something. And then conversely, Pip's pregnant now, so she'll just run away when we're going to open another frame. So do you know what I mean? Like, I think having that having that same work ethic, but also we've always stuck to the same purposes why I've been doing it, so that mm. getting fit shouldn't be a chore. And we've kept the same beliefs and the same values. And I think that's been the, the success of the the partnership because we haven't gone away from that. Yeah. How do you maintain that kind that that um, productivity? The you know how do you maintain um, your kind of work ethic and your you know keeping your energy levels up? How are you not exhausted? Basically, <laughs> that's what we want to know. Well, we are. Um, <laughs> we live the brands, guys. We are all health and fitness. Um, I think I'm, we just get really excited by new projects, and it's like keeping things fresh and doing new things. So if you just did exactly the same thing all the time, then I think it, things would get a bit stale. But we're we're both sort of ideas driven, and we're always coming up with new projects, whether it's mumhood or whether it's a new class at Frame or a new advertising campaign, and those things drivers on and we both very much of the thing of the the thought that things can always be better and we're not happy with how things are and I think that's a key to really having a successful business is not getting lazy and thinking that you've nailed it because like some competitor is going to come along and do it better but again we also keep to passion so if we're not into something we don't do it which is a very important lesson for all of us because we're going to be talking actually about what to do when you're not feeling the passion in (laughs) our badass balls ups coming up after the break. So join us back here on Talk Radio where we will be talking about what to do if you've never had an orgasm, what to do if you feel like a fraud at work and finally how to get a job you love post-maternity leave on the Badass Women's Hour. (laughs) 
across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass on talk radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And in the studio this week, we have the amazing founders of Frame, Pip Black and Joan Murphy. Uh, So we are going into the section where we try and use our combined wisdom to really help you in your life, find the answers to your problems or just hope that you don't screw up as much as we have. Um, so we are doing our badass balls up. And first, we have a caller on the line. Natalie, hi, what's your problem? Oh, hello. So I have been um, in finance for 20 years. Um, and after 20 years of slog, I have just taken a year out to have a baby. And I'm now returning to the market as a freelancer. However, uh, I'm finding it uh, quite difficult to get back into the market. Um, say I've got 20 years of really solid, solid experience. I've even been advised by sort of fellow mums to eradicate anything to do with maternity from my CV, not mention I've got a child, tell them I've got travelling, um, which I find quite sad, actually. So, yeah, just wondered if you had any kind of thoughts, tips, any, really any ideas sad. on that? Um, well, actually, should we go to Joan and Pip first? Because they are both mums. So, ladies, when you're coming back from maternity leave, did you find, I know you have your own business, but did you find that you had to kind of play down the mum card? And how do you deal with it? Joan? It's quite difficult. So I've got a four-month-old at the moment, so I'm just literally in that process of coming back into work. I'm very fortunate because I've got my own business. But um, the rest of the world don't seem to care. You know, they want to try and get meetings every two minutes. And I think the way that um, Pip and I have dealt with it is knowing our boundaries. So knowing what we are happy to do and not do. Um, and also, I don't think I'm in, we're both of the sort of age where we think, well, no, we should tell people about families and, and, and people should deal with it in the way that they want to. So you know who you want to work with. And I think if you were going for a job, you only want to work with people who understand and know your situation. So it's a bit sad that people think that you shouldn't put out there that you're a mum. Um, but mm-hmm. equally, we have had the problems over, you know, in the last four years, because we've got now we've got three kids between us, um, you know, where people do make comments about, you know, being working mums and those types of things. But I think um, you need to know your boundaries as to what you're okay with and then you're okay with making decisions. I think that's really true, which is actually if you've decided a boundary and people aren't responding to it, it's not the right job for you anyway. Now, what would you suggest? Mm. I agree. I, I think it now's the time to, to look at um, your own op- options. So it, freelancing, maybe setting up your own um, smaller business if, if flexibility is the thing that you're looking for you do have 20 years in the industry and we mentioned it last week maybe going through all of your contacts and all of the different companies you've worked for and thinking about what you could go back in and offer them or is there a side bit that you could add on and maybe being an, uh, an IFA um, but something that gives you the, the flexibility if finding that ideal workplace isn't happening IFA independent financial advisor yeah yeah Emma, what would you suggest? So I think the trouble is it's really you're dealing with really archaic thinking and times are evolving. So 
you know, people just think that because you have a baby, you're going to be distracted. But actually, as you as you get older, we're going to have to care for parents. You might have a dog. You might have other activities that you're doing. So this archaic thinking really needs to change because having a baby is not the only thing that could distract you from being at work and work is not your life. So I think my perspective would be to play the game so that you can get into these businesses and then challenge that because it's really got to change. And why should you not progress in your career and get your job just because of some dinosaur thinking i agree and finally i would just add if you haven't already do check out a company called timewise which specialize in kind of very senior roles but either part-time flexible contract hours and they're really doing lots of campaigning around getting companies to understand that just because somebody doesn't want to work the standard five days a week nine to five hours or whatever it is that that doesn't mean they should be paid less or not treated in the same way it's really important Pip. we actually have a really awesome lady who works for us now um who had a really high up finance job um uh, one of the big four and actually because we're a sort of small flexible company owned by women uh, we're happy to work with her three days a week and we're getting something better than probably you know like we would be able to afford full time but also she's getting to have a working life that works for her so maybe sort of looking at smaller businesses and trying to work with them actually might be a good idea I think that's true I'm sure there are lots of businesses out there who would love your expertise Natalie I hope that has been helpful for you Yes, that's that's there's some great ideas there. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with it. Thank you. Great. No worries. Thanks then. Uh so we're now going from one very serious problem to another very serious problem. Uh, so this one was actually told to me by... Sometimes people tell me stuff that's just way too personal. I don't know why. <laughs> but it was told to me by somebody I met this week. And uh, she's a woman. She's in her early 30s. And she has never had an orgasm with a partner. This makes me a bit sad. I mean, it made me really yeah. sad. And so she was wondering what she should be doing to try and rectify this. Um, I have some great suggestions, but I'm going to let you ladies share some wisdom first. Joan <laughs> uh, just pointed really firmly at Pip as to be like, this is your one. <laughs> Did I went first last time? Not, not because I'm an expert. <laughs> this because you must you you work in an industry where women must be quite vulnerable and open with you I've actually never heard about this no but we do have lots of women that have issues with their pelvic floor and I guess there's a way that that might be linked so one thing um we have been trialing so I can't tell you whether this is going to work or not so but um there's a little device called an LV which Mm -hmm. um like seems to be sort of the thing and um it's pelvic floor exerciser and it links, it links up to your phone, to your phone so you can have an app and you can play games which actually by <laughs> strengthening your pelvic floor that apparently can have a, a an effect of of making your orgasms better that increases your chance of orgasms very true go buy it uh emma would you put up with this can she have an orgasm by herself or is it just when she's with a partner because that's two very different things but but i do think it's really important you know as women we never talk about masturbation at all but you really do have to know your body there is a great website called omg yes which has some really very Mm. intimate film footage but it's very well done (laughs) but to show you lots of different techniques i learned a lot from that site can I just say <laughs> so I would say check that out as, as, as recommended by Emma Watson <laughs> yeah as Emma's we're down with the play Emma Watson and Emma Sexton <laughs> what better recommendation <laughs> now what about you I obviously don't have sex because my dad's listening um, I, I think I, I think we've spoken about this on other shows really telling people what you want is a big part of all of this and if you're not enjoying your sexual experience stop 
Yeah. I'm gone past those days of just not enjoying it and waiting for the end. And I've had this conversation with friends where it's a bit like, well, you know, you kind of get on with it. No, stop. (laughs) Have the conversation and enjoy the experience. I agree. It's really important that you're enjoying it. And if you're not, say so. Start again. Time is really important. Take as much time as you want. And there's also, if you really want to get in depth in it, do check out something called orgasmic meditation. I'm not going to give you the details right now, but it's worth having a look at because it's all about teaching us to orgasm with other people. It's a very important life skill. (laughs) Um, So we've only got a few minutes, but we've got one very last final question, which is really important. Emma, what is it? Yeah, so uh, I get this a lot in terms of like the mentoring and support that I do and someone's just like their careers just kind of like taking taking uh, taking off. They're putting themselves out there a bit more and they're starting to get asked to speak at some events, but they've never done any speaking before. And they've just been invited to speak at quite a big conference where people are paying for tickets. They're going to be on the panel and they're having a little bit of a crisis because they're like, I feel like an imposter. Like, why? Oh, I don't even know why they've asked me to speak, but they really want to like be really badass at it. And they were like, well, you know, what am I what am I going to do? How how can I get over my imposter syndrome? And it is a really well-known thing. So imposter syndrome is that feeling when you have been given a job and everyone thinks that you're great at it, but there's part of you that just feels like a fraud, feels like you shouldn't be there. Joan, have you ever felt like that? Absolutely, every day. Um, <laughs> especially um, Pip and I, were quite, we were 26 when we set up frame um so the whole time we felt like imposters and even if we didn't feel like it ourselves people made us feel like that because we were quite young Mm -hmm. and we were very much dealing with the male dominated um, environment so uh, how did you get over it what do you do to get over it well, one time we sat on the curb and drank a whole bottle of red wine. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we really just didn't know how to deal with the situation. Another time we turned up in completely matching outfits by accident. <laughs> so we thought we were the same person. But normally how we deal with it is um, talk something through with someone. And we'd say that often with our staff is like, if you need to do something that you're not comfortable doing, run it through with somebody else first. Um the other person probably has no idea what they're doing either, mm. so don't worry about it. And if it's a speaking event, um, I, we'd always focus on a point at the back of the room, which you can't particularly see anyone. Or you can kind of, can you know, you can kind of look and you can kind of make it look a bit hazy, so you can't actually see a face. Just try not to see faces, because then you're just kind of rehearsing. Mm. I think that's a great. It's much better than that. You know, picture the whole room naked, which I always find very disconcerting. It's just awkward. <laughs> awkward. Now, I find that hard to, to do. That. I can't do it for some reason. <laughs> I find that hard to do. I don't. Now, how do you kind of? Because you really own a room when you go into it. How do you do that? Oh, thanks, mate. Uh, power song it. <laughs> so get a power song. Is it still Rihanna or is it now Stormzy? So what? So no. Um, it's at, my power song is Adrenaline Trunk Family. We've discussed this before, and it the words are if should remembered. Sorry, acting why 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 they acting like they gully when they don't want war. Uh, North Wheezy, what you said, don't speak. <laughs> That's uh, not how we if speak. You ain't grieving. Why you come here for? Uh, it's a fabulous song, and it gets me ready and pumped up and ready to walk on on stage so find your power song listen to it zone into it get the blood pumping and go out stage go out and kill it on stage thank you for all your wisdom there ladies hopefully that's given you all something to think about in the coming weeks our thanks to pip black and joan murphy from frame for joining us today we're going to be back after the break for our backdated badass a woman from history that you really should know about so join us then with me harriet minter emma sexton and natalie campbell the badass women's hour on talk radio Across the UK, online and on DAB. (laughs) Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Welcome 
Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And right now we are talking about our backdated badass, a woman from history that you really should know about because she's just awesome. Emma, who are we talking about this week? Well, this is an incredible... Her name is incredible. Great name. So Nettie Honeyball. Like, what an incredible name. I don't know if it's her real name or whether it's a, a pseudonym. Is it her real name? Because it sounds a bit like a Bond girl, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But I love it. It sounds like she's done one of those quizzes where you're like, OK, well, I'll take my... What was your hamster's name? And then go first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she helped to pioneer women's football in England. And this is around, like, um, yeah, 1894. She basically put an advert in the press and, re- and persuaded 30 young women to join the British Ladies Football Club. Just a big deal in terms of you know how football was being perceived, and women were certainly not um, encouraged to play football at that time at all. And why was she so keen on it? Now, what was kind of her what was her reason for setting it up? Well, she was uh, a sports fanatic, and I, I think she again it was that thing of, of missing out. Why should the women not be allowed to to play? Um, she also was a was an avid um, football watcher. Uh, but I, one of the reasons I really enjoyed this was not necessarily connected to her setting up the, the women's FA, but one of the schools I work in, the Kensington Aldridge Academy, the houses are named after women uh, and Honeyball was one of them. So it was the first time I'd ever heard of her. And her first name, Nettie, uh, is, was my grand's name as well when she came to England in the 60s. So her real name is Latilda, but it got translated by everyone else as Nettie. So it's just it's two really nice things. And she's just someone that stays in my mind um, and actually researching her for this looking at the photos of her in her full sort of sporting gear thinking about how much she was actually wearing on the pitch at, at that time um, just reminds you how how long women have been fighting to p- be a part of male dominated activities absolutely and the response to it wasn't exactly enthusiastic so no. people said that it was disgraceful that she was doing this that women absolutely shouldn't be allowed to play football um and when she organized a couple of matches the first thing that happened was that actually over five thousand people turned up to see it but when the numbers started to dwindle everyone started saying oh women's football not that interesting mm. which is basically what they still say today yeah nearly 100 years later yeah she's got a great quote here she was uh, interviewed in the daily sketch in february 1895 where she explained the reasons why she established a football club and she said i founded the association late last year with the fixed resolve of proving to the world that women are not the ornamental and useless creatures men have pictured go wow. netty i agree go netty <laughs> <laughs> and um you said, Ems, that she. we don't know whether Nettie Honeyball was her real name or not. We think it might be a pseudonym. Yes, I think there was something around that time where basically lots of the lady footballers didn't play under their real names. I don't know if that was to do with some of the backlash they might have received from playing football. So uh, they think that it might be a, a pseudonym, yeah. And also then what we don't know about her, she then kind of disappeared off the radar. She just disappeared. And so basically when the whole thing was kind of shut down on her... She disappears into history and we don't really hear about her again. No, not till her death in 1922, but it just shows you, doesn't it? I mean, like, how do you... I always admire these women because they've been proper trailblazers and to maintain Mm. that fight, Mm -hmm. like, and just to constantly been beaten down, you imagine how tough that must have been. And even to persuade other women to join you in that, like, that's that takes a lot of uh, energy. But wait, that hasn't changed. 
at the start of the show, we were talking about the new uh, Met Commissioner and the Interim Commissioner of the Fire Service. To get there, you know, they're in a lonely field. It's not like, I can't imagine Cressa or, or, or Danny walking into a meeting of all of the other top commissioners and it's a room full of women. It's still a room full of men, still you know, fighting that good fight and trying to do things differently and ignoring the side comments or the comments that somewhat, you know, all of that, we, we just, it has, hasn't changed. This was 18... 1895. 1895. That's, that's the bit that when we do this each week, it kind of hurts my soul. And we need to champion women like Honey, um, Nettie Honeyball because if we don't, they will be forgotten because there's just not enough celebration of the history of these women and I feel like again it's you know the the conspiracy to stop women realizing how amazing we are um we we seem to always have the history of the men that are doing this stuff yeah this is a nice reminder these backdated badasses for me is like how long we've been fighting but then also equally how how far we've got to go yeah very very far particularly in women's football which is just ignored and abandoned, really. Yep. Despite the fact the women's team is so much better than the men's yeah, team. Yeah, they're incredible. Well, we win. The women's team win so much more, um, but they don't necessarily get the recognition. Or the funding. Or the funding. Yeah, no, I agree. We really need to change that, but actually probably in order for us to change it, we'd have to start watching women's football as I well. Know, so actually. I need to make a commitment to that. Learn what the rules are, learn how it works. Yeah. That's my thing this week. So, as ever, apart from learning what the hell football is, we also like to leave you with something for the week, which is our kind of principle, our badass principle for the week, how you should be living your life in the coming seven days. So, Nat, what is our principle for this week? This week's principle is do you. And for those of you that watch reality shows, it's more do you, boo, do you. So it's do you in an American accent. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Emma, what does do you mean for you? You know what? I, it definitely doesn't mean that. Like uh, When you said this today, I was like, uh, uh, what, what? what? Did what? you think it was an insult? Because it does have a bit of like an insult quality to it. I think I just heard do you and then was like, well, where, like you've forgotten the next part of the sentence. <laughs> I'm waiting. Like the do you. Okay. So now, what does it mean? Do you is all about being whoever you want to be, doing what makes you happy, really focusing on yourself. Um, and it, the exclamation mark and the punch behind it, it, it really is. It's be selfish. Do you, whatever you want. Be selfish is a great one. Ems, how are you yeah. going to be selfish this week? Uh, I'm getting quite good at being selfish, actually. <laughs> I've been good. working on it a long time. And I just, I'm a much happier person when I just say yes to the right things and no. I would channel my inner niece narrowly. I remember when she was four, you'd ask her to do something and she'd be like, no thanks. So I always channel my inner narrowly and go, no thanks. <laughs> so maybe this week's badass principle isn't just do you, it's do you as a four-year-old. What do yeah. they want? They just tell you. They are so authentic and honest. Like You can learn a lot from four-year-olds. Brilliant. Thank you very much, ladies. So that's all we've got time for today. But if you want to hear more of us, you can come to our event because we do a live one of these. So come along and meet us at the W London on Tuesday, the 7th of March. And we'll be talking all things badass with some really badass, brilliant women and asking you to pitch your ideas and thoughts to them and get some feedback. So that's more about that. And if you want to find out more, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour HR, at Badass Women's Hour HR, on Instagram, same name, or on Facebook, Badass Women's Hour. Of course, you can also follow us personally. Do please come talk to us. You can follow me on Twitter at Harriet Minter, Nat. At Nat D. Campbell. And Emma. At Emma Sexton. And for 
please join in with the conversation. We are following our hashtag, which is hashtag B-A-W-H. We love talking to you, so come talk to us there. And we'll be back again next week with more from the Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. (laughs) Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. You've been listening to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. We have a request to make of you because we give you all this stuff for free, so we need something back in return. Now, what do we want? We want reviews. <laughs> Fabulous ones, please. And, if you're being mean, none. And when do we want them? Now! <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Emma, what is your demand of our listeners? We want subscribers. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your boyfriend, tell your, I don't know, your, I don't know, everybody. Your dog. Tell your dog. Tell your dog. Your yes. dog's going to love it. Yes, yeah. everybody. Subscribe. Subscribe, review, tell your friends, and make sure you show us the love. Come follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the details in our bio, or use the hashtag BAWH. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.